Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman's Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's in Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space, and this week I wanted to share a thought with you based on one of my favorite quotes, something that uh, has really helped me a lot, especially when things aren't going in the most positive direction. And uh, if you guys follow me on social media, I'll give the plugs for that later. But if you guys follow me on social media, you know that every day I put up a quote. Something motivational, something positive. And I have a few different apps that I take these things from that supply them to me every day. And I generally like that that start of my day where I get that food for thought, where I get that little pump up, that little motivation of things. Now, one of these quotes came across my my app this weekend and when it did it really rung true with me because it's something that I say to myself all the time honestly it's written on the whiteboard of my office like if I'm ever having one of those days and I need a little reminder it's sitting right there on the whiteboard staring at me to remind me of this same principle uh, I have it a little differently than the way it came up on the on the quote board but on the quote app I should say but nonetheless the sentiment is the same the way it came through the quote app is if you want to change your life change your thought, your, excuse me, if you want to change your life, change your mind. If you want to change your life, change your mind. Now, the way I've heard it before and what's written on my, my whiteboard is if you want to change the world, change your thoughts or begin by changing your thoughts. Either way, to me, it's a mindset and a little bit of, of a mantra type thing to help us refocus because I know that most human beings are the same in in many many ways I I tend to think that most people's brains tend to work the same kind of way you know there's certain personality traits that maybe we don't understand about other people because they're different than us but I think at at our base level we're pretty similar Um, but nonetheless I know one thing that happens to me and I've seen it happen to my loved ones and circle as well, is when one bad thing happens, you start to get into a little bit of a mental spiral. And the spiral takes you downward a little bit. And as it takes you downward, what happens is you don't just get lost in that one thought. That one thought knocks its way into another thought which knocks its way into another thought and another and another and another and continually kind of bounces your brain around like that where you get stuck in this kind of perpetual cycle of negativity. Uh, the term for this in psychology is intrusive thoughts where something, pop, something negative pops into your head and that forces yet another negative thing to pop in your head and yet another and yet another. Now. By their very definition, intrusive thoughts are not always negative. But the ones that we care about the most are the negative ones. Because if it pops in your head, oh wait, i got to call my mom. That's not a terrible thing to have pop in your head. It doesn't ruin your whole day. Right? But it's the things that do that are the problem. And like I said, often we can kind of get lost in the sauce this way. We can get stuck in this negative cycle. And it's the same with pretty much every pattern in a person's life, right? I'm going to take this in in a martial arts direction in a moment, but I'm going to stick with the mental aspect here for just a moment longer, that 
the surest thing to get us out of that funk, to get us out of that little negative, is to redirect, to put our, our thoughts on something else. Now, we know this very simply when we think about children, or even when we think about animals, like I have my furry co- co-host Slade, my uh, three-and-a-half-year-old German Shepherd sitting next to me. You probably hear him huffing because he's never quiet, but <laughs> nonetheless... Um, when he's outside and he's excited by something, if you know the neighbor's up on their deck or uh, one of the other neighbor's dogs is barking or something like that, and he gets distracted in a way that we don't like, and he's acting in a way that me and Mrs. Hensley don't like, the surest way to break the cycle is to redirect him, show him a toy, show him one of his favorite things in the backyard, f- start filling up his pool, whatever. Yes, he's got a kiddie pool. It's adorable. <laughs> But nonetheless, um, we redirect like that to get him back on track, to get him away from what it is that we don't want him to do, and instead to replace it with what we do want him to do, which is a really, really important idea. Now, we have to take the same thought into our actions, because actions are, 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 bi- are the bigger problem. Obviously, our actions are driven by our thoughts most times. But we get stuck in negative behavior patterns the same kind of way. And you don't stop those negative behavior patterns without first changing your thoughts. You have to change what's behind those negative behavior patterns in in order to change the behavior patterns. We'll put this in a very extreme example, right? A, a very extreme example. If somebody is a drug addict, right, and they're messing with all sorts of different drugs, you know, pills or whatever, and they're, they're stuck on those things, why are they stuck on those things? It's not just that, you know, it makes them high. That's one thing, yes. But when high is better than everything else that's going on in your life and in your mind, then high seems like the better alternative. But if you first change the thoughts, if you go back, because getting a person chemically clean works. Don't get me wrong, it definitely does. But works way better than that is when we, they get the person chemically clean and they deal with whatever the psychological stuff behind the addiction is. Right When they fix whatever issue from the past or insecurity or whatever issue that the person has. Whenever you fix that, then that person tends to stay sober. It's when a person doesn't get that help, when a person just deals with the chemical component, that they tend to bounce back into addiction very quickly. How could they not? They didn't fix the root cause. It would be like if there was a leak in your bathroom and and it was ruining the sheetrock underneath it. So rather than going and replacing the leak, you just replace the sheetrock every so often. Well, that sheetrock's going to get moldy too. You're going to have to cut it out and do it all again. You've got to replace the, you got to fix the leak. You've got to fix the root cause. And that's where, that's where all of our problems are. It, the root cause is always between our ears, most of the time. Right? Especially when it comes to the things that we control. Don't, we've all heard the expression that you know 
life is a certain percentage of what happens to us and the other percentage is how we react to it. So it's a certain percentage of uh, 90% excuse me, it's 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. Certainly the case, definitely, right, without a doubt. But where do those reactions come from? They come from our thoughts and feelings. So we have to deal with that first. We have to deal with that first, right? I'll give you another example, right? When we see someone not taking care of their health. You know, I, I've had several people in my circle, in my family, loved ones, who I've had to have that conversation with about how, listen, I need you to take care of yourself for me. And the thing with those people is, uh, that I found, that is my experience anyway, is that I find they don't value themselves enough to think they warrant taking care of. And man, that can be a tough pill to swallow. That can be really tough as, per, as a person who loves them to think about. But how do we change that thought? Well, in my experience, again, we go back to that same idea. We redirect. We redirect. When I looked at loved ones who weren't taking care of themselves and I knew they weren't going to do it for themselves, I asked them to do it for me. I redirected them. I need you to do this for me. So let's take this in a martial arts direction. If you're a person who doesn't already take care of themselves physically, or you feel bad about taking the time to take care of yourself, if you're a person who feels bad about leaving the house when your kid's there to go and work out or whatever, realize the re reason you feel selfish is because you're thinking that you're taking care of yourself for you. And of course, you are. But really, we've talked about that proverbial list before. You're counting off all the important people in your life, this person, this person, this person, this person, right? Beyond those people, the most important people, the most important person on that list is you. Right? We know that. We've talked about that before. But it's those other people on that list, your kids, your spouse. Sometimes you have to remember that you're doing it for them. Right? Care of yourself, as selfish as it is, is often for other people. Right? I'll use myself as an example. I know if I get like, Crazy busy. Crazy busy. And that has happened where I, you know, like just now, today happens to be a day we're starting a brand new schedule in my school and doing all the legwork to get that ready, to get it out to people, to record who's giving it back to me, all those things. When, it, when doing that, what was really, really, really difficult was to continue to make sure I made time to even on the days when I didn't train martial arts, to get my workout in. And I felt selfish to do it. I felt like I was taking time away from my school and what needed to be done there, and my students and the things that I did for them. And even you know my wife and my responsibilities around the house and all of those things. Pardon the interruption. We had a delivery which uh, sent Slade into a very loud-mouthed <laughs> tirade that I didn't want you guys to be a part of. But back to what I was saying, when it comes to
that, that workout that I was trying to make time for and that I was feeling guilty to make time for, I had to realize that I felt selfish and I felt negatively about it because, no, you have to get this project done. You have to do this for your students. You have to do this. You have... But if I didn't take care of myself first, I was doing a couple of things that were a major disservice to my students. Number one, every human being is better after a workout. Every single one of us. Psychologically, endorphin-wise, physical feeling, just in terms of what you, what you see when you look in the mirror, all these ways you are better after a workout. So by not taking care of myself, I was denying my students and my wife and all the people, my loved ones, the best version of myself. So if I didn't make the time to take care of myself, I wasn't presenting the best version forward of myself to all these people. Okay, so now let's take it, let's turn it a little differently. I also had to look at it like this. If I preach to my students how important taking care of your body is, but I was letting everything else keep me from taking care of myself, I was being one of the worst type of things. I was being a hypocrite. I was saying one thing and I was doing another. And to me, that's not something I ever liked to be. So instead, I had to make sure that I prioritized taking care of myself because I have to live what I preach. Just it, Maybe other people can feel comfortable doing the opposite. I'm not one of those people. Now, take that same model and reflect it back to your own life. I mean, think about it. Let, let's, just, uh, let's just think about some of the other things we do in our life and negative patterns that we get stuck in. I mean, people do this with everything. Right? Like one of the worst things that I, that I witness is people who keep everything in. Who they, you know, the world keeps putting more and more and more burden on their shoulders. And they don't ask for help. They don't vent it out to anybody. And then it all comes spilling out at once. We've all dealt with people who do this in a really negative and aggressive sense where maybe they don't shoulder all these burdens so well and it comes out in anger towards somebody else that it really has no reason to be directed at. Or we see people do the exact opposite, where they hold on to so much that all of a sudden they spill a cup of coffee and they're bawling their eyes out because they're shouldering too much and never trying to solve it, ask for help, anything. Again, if we want to change the patterns, because we are what we do repeatedly. Right? Our patterns are all part of our mindset. Right? It doesn't matter what the behavior you want to change is. You have to go back to the root mindset. You have, to, you have to find the cause. And when you find the cause, everything else falls into place. You can always work outward from there. Right? Again, think back to my addiction example. You can take as many substances as you want away from an addict, but until you solve the thing that is making that addict Seek their addiction. Till you solve that problem, nothing else will change. You have to change the thoughts first if you want to change your world. Right? I mean, th there's a, a whole bunch of different mantras that work similar to this and a whole bunch of different ideas that work similar to this. We have to remember that all of them are important and all of them are, are kind of true. Like, 
I'll get into some of them on later episodes. But I really want to stay here today and really, really just focus in on this idea that focus on the thoughts first and everything else will emanate outwards from there. Right? Like, I can even think about this as an instructor. When I want to make someone better, when I think about the end result that I'm looking for, I have to start between my own ears. Right? In other words, when I have a kid who's not behaving correctly in class, and my first instinct as a human being, because I am a human being just like any other, is to get upset with the child and scold them perhaps and try to redirect them with you know, harshness and negativity because you know, maybe they're doing something that's disrespectful or very disruptive or detrimental to the other kids around them. I want to get angry at first because I'm human. And what human, when they feel like things are disrespectful or disruptive or disruptive to another person, doesn't get a little upset. But I have to change the thought first. I have to remember what the end goal is with my student. I want that kid or adult to be with me for a very long time because I know that the effect that them training will have on them in the long run, the environment, the people they'll be around, my instruction, learning to defend themselves, the self-discipline they'll gain, the confidence they'll gain, and on and on and on and on. I know those things are greater than this moment of frustration that they're giving me. So if I understand that and I realize why, I have to think back, why is this kid acting out? They're acting out generally because they want attention. So if I redirect their attention to somebody else, wow, look at how good so-and-so is doing, and talk positively about that other kid, I now scratch both itches. That one kid who maybe was quietly doing the right thing and needed a little bit of a pump up for it, got it. The other kid who needed attention and needed to know how to get my attention, now is a little bit better of an education, hopefully. And then hopefully in a moment or two when they do something really well, I can praise them. Now obviously, teaching a little behind the scenes teaching thought, but more importantly, we have to think about this when it comes to ourself. Realize that our behaviors are, are bigger than that day. Let's use a simple example, a poor diet. A poor diet is bigger than that one day or that one meal. And yes, that one diet, that one meal or so forth, it could be for a special occasion and you're off your, your, your proper nutrition for that time. Okay, no big deal. We're not talking about that. We're talking about perpetually making poor nutritional choices. So now, you have to step back and you have to think about what is making me, what thoughts are pulling me in that direction. Well, it's simple. We're choosing the temporary pleasure over long-term gain. Let me explore that thought for a second. In other words, you are choosing a little bit of what Joe Rogan likes to refer to as mouth pleasure. You're choosing a little bit of delicious food now over the long-term benefit. So if you change the thought to, I'm not going to eat for enjoyment only, but I'm going to find a way to take the food that's going to make me the healthiest and make it really enjoyable, you found a whole different way to look at things. When you put the enjoyment factor primary and the health secondary, now we're eating for the wrong reasons. Now we're eating 
for, uh, for that mouth pleasure, so to speak. But if we flip it the other way, okay, what's going to keep me the healthiest? What's going to give me a better quality of life? And now, that's priority one. Priority two, how do I take those things and make it incredible? And trust me, there are plenty of ways. If you're not sure, follow Sensei Ivorone, Chris Ivorone, on, on Instagram, and he will show you many ways to make some really, really healthy things that are delicious. Oh my gosh, they're, they're, they're just as good, if not better, than some of that junky stuff. Just an example. But realize the pattern here. Thoughts first. Create the pattern of action. Create the results so if we don't like the results, we have to step back to the pattern. What's the pattern? Okay. If we don't like the pattern, we have to then go back to the core thing. Change the thoughts. If you want to change the world, change your thoughts. Always starts there. That's the core. That's the center of the bicycle spoke that everything else moves out to. So focus there first. Let everything else come from there. That's all I have for you guys today. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sensei underscore leonelli. On Facebook, I'm sensei james leonelli. You can find my school uh, online at tsksmithtown.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Smithtown. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at tsmma underscore smithtown. You can find the podcast on Instagram at TS Smithtown Podcast. And you can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at TSK.com. So, until next time, my friends, I will see you guys on the map.